Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. All right, Jimmy, we're here doing this thing, moving the rock. People want to quit, but we grit. That's right, baby. And we're going to help people move forward. Good to see and you, buddy. And we're well rested. Yeah, good to see you, man. We're well rested. And uh, I've been spending every evening I can outside enjoying this outstanding weather we have. And uh, every morning as I uh, do my exercises, it's fantastic. Oh, dude, it is awesome. It is awesome. Who knows what my neighbors think because <laughs> I get my workout and sauna and I go for a walk and I'm holding my coffee and, you know, <laughs> who's this guy walking, walking around with his coffee cup. But uh, it actually, the vibe of that fits what we're talking about today, hilariously enough, unplanned. Uh, what does it mean when you progress through this journey that we've been taking listeners on through these elements of being a leader of leaders uh, in sales and in sales organizations and in sales leadership. And frankly, if you're having to continually expend the same amount of effort, getting the same results, then you missed something in the earlier lessons. And you got to go back to that because what you're shifting into in this 10th lesson, which we'll call it release, it's, it's, you're not letting go. Okay. You're not going, eh, whatever happens, I'm letting go. It's, it's exactly what leadership development is supposed to work like. You've trained, you've developed, you have systems and processes, and now you're releasing them. Right. They are being launched out is a better way of saying it. And so we're going to be talking through what it looks like to be that kind of leader today. Yeah. I, I love this topic because of uh, how, not just how timely it is for what I'm going through with some of my clients, but it's a perennial, consistent, repetitive issue when working with leaders of leaders that they lack time. And it just so happens that their time management stress increases as they, as the business grows. Mm. And what we, you know, as, you know, outside of the context of this conversation, outside of the context of leadership development, what we what we can look at as an organization, um, we, the people in the organization are just used to doing whatever it takes to be successful. The commitment level is high, highly reactive, highly responsive, and as the business grows and as the challenges grow, uh, that way of operating uh, becomes unscalable because there's only so much time in the day, and you can only handle so much pressure, and you can only compromise your family so often and other things that interest you. And then you get closer and closer to burnout. And so this idea of just muscling your way through without changing how you operate, without releasing, uh, creates that a high level of stress. Um, and it's not scalable. And the only alternative is for that leader now to leave the organization 
and then go back and find another small company to grow again instead of hanging around and really being there for the next levels of growth. It's so hard to hang around, be there for those next levels because we get in patterns, we get in ruts and reimagining a workday different than the one we had yesterday is, is a challenge. Um, the way that I think about this and I've experienced it at different points, you know, it, early on when you're turning an organization around or starting one, it's that heroic energy. Like every day is a heroic effort and it's this compounding impact of this heroic effort that gets this turnaround in place, that gets this launch going, that gets this startup happening. And and that brute force, you've solved the problems of what you have to do with this increase or uh, intense effort and energy, uh, increase of time allotment, whatever. And yeah, at some point, you know, all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. You lose the edge, you lose the creativity, you lose the, you lose the curiosity. But even when people like get away and get some rest, they still come back and try to solve the problem again with that heroic effort, with that brute force, which means there's something they haven't let go of. There's something that they held on to so long or too long that now they're having to, you know, what the definition of insanity uh, try to get a different result doing the same thing they did, which never works. Yeah, let's dig in, man. This sounds great. Awesome. Yeah. So as we start just an understanding of what it means to release or let go, uh, first, there's just a mindset issue. And that's the deepest way of solving this. Uh, people want to get into the other two elements of this, which we'll dive into in a second. Uh, but if they skip over the mindset, they're going to miss the big idea. It's not that you care uh, or you or maybe we could say it this way. It's not that you care too much. It's just that you're wrapping up who you are into this role, into this enterprise, into this effort, whether or not we succeed, whether or not we hit the numbers in such a way that your only internal experience is this leadership role. It's become your identity. It's become the sum of who you are. Rather than being S-O-M-E, some of who you are, it's become the S-U-M, some of who you are. And so at the mindset level, um, when you've fused your identity into a role, conflated them, uh, even if you didn't do it intentionally, which typically never happens, people don't do that. It just, it's the stress response. It's the neural patterning that's happening over and over and over. You get to a place that you are a control freak. And, and it's, I don't say that to shame anybody or beat anybody up, but you're trying to control every element of what's happening. And that takes the oxygen out of the room. And so the people around you can't grow and develop that, that holding on. I mean, there's a real strong parenting analogy, right? If you're still parenting your 16 year old the same way you did when they were eight, it is going to hamper their development. Right. So, so the, so it sounds like what we're talking about here is if you, if you are a leader of a team or you're leading leaders of teams, the, the value of having a team is the idea of creating leverage. And so if you're, if you're not evolving as a leader and allowing your team to do more and take on more, you're stunting its development and its ability to create that leverage. 
Um, if everyone is doing and everybody is, is only viewed as being worth um, what they can get done themselves, not what they can get done with, you know, in the, in the context of a team, then, um, then you're stunting the development of your, of those individuals and you're stunting the potential for your team. Exactly. If you, you know, like we've been saying with these lessons in this series, you can listen to them and any of them independently and you're going to get the value from it. But if you also experience it as a cohesive journey, you're going to get the most value out of it. And if you apply everything up through one through nine, you will lead your team to a phase. Like we talk about the, the four phases of a team forming, storming, norming for norming, performing. This is Tuckman's model, four phases of a team, very simple model. You are going to lead your team to the highest levels of performance. And as you lead your team to the highest level of performance, you are going to not let that cycle go as far as it can, because it is cyclical. It'll come back around when you don't learn how to see how they can grow and develop, see how they can become, see how they can own, see how they can formulate. You know, at this stage of the game, they're not coming to you with the problem. They're not coming to you with the problem and three solutions. They're coming to you and they're not even coming to you with the problem and their best solution. They're coming to you with the problem and the solution they have already began. And man, I don't know about you, but when I've had team members do that, oh, you just sit back in your chair with a deep sigh of relief. It's the least alone you feel as a leader because they are going from vision to implementation with you. And sadly, you cannot have that happen if you do not make space for it. If you keep treating the team like they're not potty trained, right? <laughs> and they're going to keep on <laughs> messing in their diapers. It's, it's a graduated growth approach. And uh, that's what we want to see happen for leaders listening to this. So, so Chris, it begs a question. What is it about leaders that can't, we can't diagnose everyone that's listening, but what is it about leaders that cause them to not allow the team to develop beyond those early stages, right? Beyond mm -hmm. being potty trained. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, ultimately, because we're talking about this idea that it's that it's the root, it's the mindset level first, if you think about a tree. And so it's at the mindset level, there's there's some kind of fear. There's fear that they're not going to get enough credit, right? And because they're not going to get enough credit, they're going to be replaced. Uh, they're going to be passed by. They're going to be, you know, not in a leveraged position of power or influence, for holding what they have or growing to what they want next in their role. Um, it could be that there is a fear of what would make them look bad. If a teammate did something, if, if something that they had to report on didn't go well. And so this can tell us something about the culture of the organization. If we're not able to grow and learn, it doesn't mean we have to be haphazard with failure and it doesn't mean we have to be sloppy. But this process of learning means we need space to get better. And so ultimately, though, they are afraid that they are not going to be liked, that they're not going to be seen for doing a good job. And then there's some deeper ways to express it. But that's the simplest. So there's some level of insecurity that yeah. keeps them in that spot. Yeah. So, and and, and yeah. that's what blocks their impact. 
because they're insecure, they're not impacting their team. They're not growing and developing them. Right. So there's a level of, there's a level to evolve as a leader. It's not just about getting stuff done. It's about achieving, as we've said before, this new level of awareness about who you are as a leader, who I am as a leader, the impact I have on the people around me. And instead of, or in it, let's say in addition to thinking about getting things done, I have to be thinking about my role in that ecosystem, my role in that in that process, and how I can elevate my role and let go enough so that I can move beyond the doing uh, so I can support more people in their roles and support the generation of more leverage within the team. Right on. And once you've once you've started to do that, you shift to the next piece. Like we like to talk about the tree. You've gone from the root to the trunk, which is the skill set. And the skill set of releasing is that you are taking people on a journey. So the mindset is I, I, I get secure in who I am as a leader. I don't have to overly control things. I'm not passively indifferent, but I'm not a control freak. I'm exhibiting the right kind of watchfulness appropriate to where the team is, just like a healthy parent would, appropriate amount of watchfulness for whatever stage they're in. And then you shift to the skill set. The skill is I am taking them on a journey. I am developing them. I'm growing them. So you can tell a leader is really trying to do this when they do things like bringing in training, offering resources, doing things that add to the value of the individual team member, being able to stand on their own, make decisions, advance the vision and the mission. But where we want to really take this a little bit further is say, it's it's great at least to do some general training at the skill set level, take people on a journey. But the real power here is taking people, the real impact, I should say, the real transformation is taking people on a defined journey. At this stage as a leader, you want to be thinking about what are the key skills that I want people on my team to have? What are the key attributes, characteristics, characteristics, attitudes? If you listen to any, okay, for the drinking game people, let's, let's, we'll just say the name, Tom Brady. No, uh, if you listen to anybody that is at a pro level of coaching, and they are a high performer in professional sports, they have defined journeys they're taking people on. They have specific things that they're, you know, mantras and values and, and approaches. They have specific things they're doing at the trunk level. And they know, you know, I can't replicate myself in a healthy way. I can't really impact this team or this organization unless they are in their own way handling this similar to how I would when I'm not in the room. And the skill set here is you are taking people on a specific journey. So you want to set some time to think about that. You want to wrestle through that. You want to find a program you can use. You know, um, my obsession, of course, you know, is, is building these kind of programs and we work with organizations and, and implement these, but you got to be able to take somewhere, take people somewhere. And if you don't, You've not transitioned into the skill set piece of releasing. Right. And I, I do see a correlation here, you know, between what we're talking about and the evolution of a of an organization, right? Um, as 
businesses are founded and get started or divisions are started, they're usually started around an idea um, that is um, delivered in the context of a product and or a service. And they're just learning how to sell, deliver, um, reinforce, uh, create customers who love them, all that stuff. And, and it's all really around, it's really, really, the, the work is really around, you know, getting stuff done and proving that we have a viable model that can, that can create revenue. Um, as the business matures or as a division uh, or a business unit matures, we now have to be thinking about sustainability, scalability. So we have to now replace heroes, amazing people with systems that can be that can be operated at a high level with anyone taking the role, right? Any qualified individual. So we don't have to rely upon heroes to get stuff done. We can re rely upon systems to make things happen. And those systems now are the things that elevate the value of the organization because now, now the organization can live and be sustained and, and has less risk involved because now it's depending upon those heroes, those are un unusually effective people less and less. And it feels to me like you're talking about the same thing for a leader. As I build my team as a leader of leaders, I want to become, I want to recognize where I am dependent upon either myself or other people taking heroic steps to hit their numbers. Uh, and where can I, re where can I build systems to make those heroic efforts less um, to become less dependent upon those heroic efforts so that those systems can take over. And now I can build something sustainable. The only way to really do that though, is to step back, like you're saying, to release, to let go of the doing so I can observe what I have and now start thinking differently about in a more evolved way about what our goal should be as an organization. Is it always and forever going to be focused on executing at a high level commitment and, and cultivating these heroes or am I going to be now focused on building systems that can support these people and make make their success more predictable and repeatable? Bingo, bingo. Um, do you remember Jimmy teaching your daughters how to ride a bike? Yeah, I bet you can remember where you did it, like where it was happening. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Me too, man. I mean, like. I can remember the space where we did it, the days it was happening, mm -hmm. when the momentum started getting going. And uh, how weird would it be if I told you that? Of course, my kids are, you know, two will be in college in the fall, so older now. But how weird would it be if I told you, yeah, I taught my daughters how to ride a bike and you came over and I said, Jimmy, watch this dude. She's going to ride her bike. And she was on her bike but I held on to it and ran beside her the right. whole way. Right. You would be like, dude, you didn't teach her anything. You're still doing it all. And the average leader of leaders, and we want to be above average, but the average leader of leaders, all they're doing is expending more effort and energy, holding on to more people riding their bikes. They haven't really let them ride the bike. 
And, and that's why the mindset of this is so key because then that shifts to the skill set. And the skill set is you start to learn how to take people on a specific journey. And the more that you take them on a specific journey, like riding a bike, the more you learn the particular ways that you best teach it. And you start replicating this. And the more you replicate, the more you release. And after you've lived this skill for a while, then you can shift to the tool set where you can make informed decisions about the kind of resources you use to take people on a journey, to give them the capacity, the development so you can release. And uh, what what happens to people when they don't and – and again, I want to emphasize there are plenty of people that jump right into the tool set, read a book, get excited about it, and pass the book out to everybody. And like that's better than nothing because so many don't do anything. But we want to get much more sophisticated than that, much more aware, much more effective. And so after you've really figured out the journey you want to take them on, the skill set, then you shift to the tool set of this right. and you start to go, okay, what are the tools that I want to use? What are the trainings? What are the programs that are going to transfer the knowledge? I might build some of them myself. I might bring in other. It's you know, going to be this combination of things, which is what world-class elite coaches do. They have their own programs and they bring in other voices. It's a combo. Right. And I'm, and I'm hearing myself ask the question, you know, if, if as a leader, my goal is to, is to release and to maximize the leverage of my team and get out of the doing so that my team can be uh, empowered and, and enabled to do more, uh, to generate that leverage, to generate that growth. You know, Chris, I can just decide to do that today. But if that team isn't ready, if they're not prepared, mm -hmm. if they don't have the mindset, skill set, tool set, because I haven't cultivated in them, then um, I have to be aware of the fact that they might not be prepared for this. And, uh, you know, if you think about sales, right, we know why do great companies miss quarterly numbers, right? They have smart people, amazing customers, world-class products. And I missed my quarterly number. Why is that? Well, it's because you got over your skis. You got over the, t the tips of your skis. You decided or someone decided for you that you were going to hit this level of growth and you haven't been preparing your team to perform at that next level. You're still focused on performing at the level that you are focused on now. And it's, it's that brute force effort depending upon heroes and the systems aren't in place to generate the leverage required to make make it to that next level of growth and we see this all the time that companies really they first the first time that they ever really understand the fact that they're not prepared is when they miss that number and they have to come back and say okay what's going on now a leader can get pissed off the team they can fire people and try to rehire people but at that point, they're just recycling the same problem over and over again. It, yeah. It's really going to be up to the leader to look in the mirror and say, okay, what extra level of effort, what extra level of awareness, what extra level of competency do I have to cultivate to get my team where I want them to be? Beautiful. That's why I love your, your mindset, skill set, tool set breakdown, because this helps you diagnose the problem. And, and you have to wear this first as the individual leader of leaders in sales. Where does my mindset not allow me to release? Where is my skill set not developed enough to release? Like get some coaching, develop yourself. 
And then as you do, you'll be better at the tool set. The, the kind of problem you're describing, if we take it back to the analogy of riding a bike, it would literally be like putting a two-year-old, <laughs> you know, I said, hey, Jimmy, I'm going to teach my daughter to ride a bike and you come over and I, I take a little child who's not really even ready, put her on the bike on a <laughs> hill and, and go, hey, watch this. She's going to ride. And she right. crashes down the hill. Um, that, that is an equal travesty of the other extreme right. to the kind of leader who runs around holding on too long. Yeah, it, it's wonderful. It's a great conversation because it's bringing me back to something that I believe wholeheartedly. Like one of the questions we ask in sales is why do top performers make terrible managers oftentimes? And, uh, the, the short answer, cause I always look for short answers, simple answers is that, you know, as a top performer, I'm focused on myself. I'm focused on, de on developing myself in the context of my goals. As a leader, I have to, I have to live outside of myself. I have to give, uh, at least 51% of myself to others. I have to be interested in learning about them, understanding them, moving them forward. Um, and so that parent that put the two-year-old on the bike <laughs> hasn't yet made that transition, right? Are they prepared? Because as soon as the two-year-old fails, they blame the two-year-old. Well, who put him on the bike in the first place? And that, that thought never crosses their mind. And so when a top performer who becomes a manager gets frustrated, like I used to, and say, you know, I hate management because all I end up becoming is a glorified psychologist or babysitter. Well, I haven't moved beyond my own, my own, the self-awareness that got me to become a great salesperson. I haven't moved beyond that to be considering the needs of others, uh, where they are, what they require, and, and developing myself beyond that role of individual contributor. Right on. So, so on point. Um, and, and for me, there's something that follows out of that. And that is this, once that started to happen, that shift, and you get beyond that individual contributor, the next thing that I see leaders do is, and this is going to tie into the skill set piece of this releasing, they don't start saturating the atmosphere with vision with stories, with analogy, with values, with the repetition of key learnings. And, and, you know, when you've got a leader who's really releasing things effectively and they are taking people on a specific journey, at that skill set level, it's not a passive resignation. Well, I don't want to be, you know, it's not all about me being the individual contributor. It's another way of saying it is your individual contribution shifts to be the cultural environmental architect of that team's atmosphere more than anything else. So that they are, they're being, like I said, saturated in the journey you're taking them on. Hmm. That's the yeah. fun stuff, man. That's the fun stuff. Yeah. And, it's you know, felt like two minutes, this conversation. <laughs> My mind is blown. Well, I'm thinking, uh, I know we have to wrap, but I'm thinking of, um, Many of the business leaders you know you and I have worked with who have um, successfully exited either their family business, their own closely held company, or a venture back company. And you know, of course, everyone hopes that they can build a company that grows so fast. Everybody wants to buy them, and they sell for 
10x revenue and life is great uh, without without really having to develop themselves. But for most for most business owners, for most sales leaders, for most leaders of leaders, there is some personal development required. And I can I know you're thinking of a couple that we've worked on. Uh, it's at that point where the leader can start thinking about themselves and elevating their level of performance so that they can release. What ends up happening is you end up building a culture or or initiating the development of a culture that can sustain that business and actually um, accelerate the growth of that business and the value of that business beyond what you thought possible. Uh, and if anyone who's listening is on is working with a company or leading a company that's on a three to five year track to exit, this could be the key helping each of the leaders in your organization think about um, releasing, learning how to release, elevate their own capabilities so that their team can be elevated and the organization can achieve a multiple of where it is today without spending more money, without hiring more people, without investing in capital equipment, all the things that create the leverage that multiplies growth. That's the promise. That's the reason you make this investment. Mm. I, and that's the reason or the why for for you and me, you know, and we don't talk about this a lot because, you know, it's the intro and outro of the, the podcast, but this is our why, right? Our passion is to help leaders shift into that mindset, build that skill set and, and sophisticated in a nuanced, healthy way, have the right tool set so that they can see their dreams come true. Gets yeah. me excited. Well, good time today, buddy. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, good stuff. We got two more to go, right? Yeah, two more. And we hope everybody joins us. Outstanding. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com. F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace. Peace.